You are listening to the recording of a live show. Please do not call or text, as this is a recording, and lines are now closed. Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. In the name of Allah, gracious, we have a merciful. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuhu. Peace and blessings of Allah be upon you all. Uh, a, w- a very warm welcome to all of our listeners to the breakfast show on the Voice of Islam radio. My name is Nafis Kamar. And today I am with Brother Asim Hashmi in the studio. Brother Asim, Assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum, Assalam, Brother Nafis. How are you doing? Alhamdulillah, I'm very well. How are you? Alhamdulillah, I'm good too. I think, first of all, I would, our listeners would like to know what uh, interesting topics we're discussing today for Absolutely. our segments. Definitely. So we have two segments today. First segment is India achieves the first successful landing on Moon's uh, South Pole. Uh, we will have one um, guest with us uh, on call. And then the second uh, segment is how honey empowers Tanzanian women to support their families. That will be the second segment. Absolutely. Very interesting. But before we delve into um, these topics and our segments, as per our um, routine or schedule, we will just take a look at the head papers, the news and probably the weather as well. So heading off to the um, papers, uh, the front lines, what they say, the Financial Times reports that the Bank of England boss Andrew Bailey has signalled the UK could avoid further interest rate rises. The paper also reports the world has been put on alert after experiencing its hottest season since records began. An image of Sarah Sharif's father and stepmother appears on the front of Thursday's Metro uh, newspaper. The uh, paper reports the fugitive parents have broken cover in order to say they are ready to cooperate with British police. Uh, Thursday could hit a new record, reports the Daily Star, as temperatures are expected to soar to 32 degrees Celsius, which is 89.6 Fahrenheit, in some areas of the United Kingdom. The star also features an image of escaped terror suspect Daniel Abdul uh, Khalife on the front of the page. Uh, mortgage relief may be on the way, reports the I. The governor of the Bank of England is set to have told uh, members and members of Parliament that the economy has improved. The eye's front page also features a story about a human embryo created without using sperm or neck. Uh, the Guardian leads with a story about a woman who is said to have been de- uh, deceived into entering a 19-year relationship by an undercover police officer. The paper also features an image of Rolling Stones after they officially announced their first album of new songs in 18 years. The Rishi Sunak has said he will make the UK the best place in the world to do business. According to the Daily Express, the paper reports that it has received an exclusive message from the Prime Minister ahead of the G20 summit of global leaders in India. The former soldier who escaped from a prison spied for Iran, according to the Daily Mail, the paper says sources have told them Daniel Abdul Khalif, 21, is accused of breaching the Official Secrets Act by passing 
on classic information. <clears throat> the Daily Telegraph reports that uh, Daniel Khalif may be planning to leave the country after escaping prison by clinging to the underside of a delivery truck. The paper also understands that Prime Minister Rishi Sunak is, is considering abandoning plans to ban children from changing gender at school. The Times leads uh, with the news of a terror suspect escaping the Wandsworth prison in London. The paper also claims gadgets including smartwatches and machines are spying on people at home. That is some interesting headlines. Uh, so we have some detailed uh, news as well. Uh, what is happening in bankrupt in Birmingham? Uh, after the announcement that Birmingham City Council is in, in fact bankrupt, BBC News looks at how it got into this situation and what it will mean for the 1.14 million people served by the authority. So how did it come to this? The current uh, financial strife has been more than a decade in the making. In April uh, 2010, 5,000 mostly female council staff won the case for equal pay at an employment tribunal. So since then, the council has paid out almost 1.1 billion pounds in equal pay claims and right now has a 760 million bill which is increasing by up to 14 million every month so and and if it wasn't bad enough it has got problems with the new cloud-based IT system by Oracle it was supposed to cost uh, 19 million but after three years of delays in getting in its place and problems once it was installed means it is now expected to cost 100 million so um, we all know that um, the Birmingham Council is has gone bankrupt. So um, where do uh, they go from here? So the council will hold an emergency meeting later this month, and it said that there will be more talks with the government to decide a way forward. The government has said it's in contact with Birmingham City Council and has requested more details from them. So that is latest from the Birmingham and City Council, a new 20 miles per hour speed limit will save lives, Mark Drakeford. A Wales new 20 miles per hour speed limit will save lives, the First Minister has insisted. Uh, 10 days before the lower limit for residential roads comes into force. Uh, Mark Drakeford said the evidence was clear that reducing speed limits reduces collisions and saves lives. He was speaking before visiting an area that has been trying out the lower limit for more than two years. Uh, Mr. Drakeford will meet firms, parents and children um, on Thursday, which is today. But critics include some um, uh, St. Bride's want better enforcement of the traditional 13 miles per hour limit instead. Uh, also, a UK heatwave, hottest day expected on Saturday as sweltering weather continues. A Saturday is expected to be the hottest day of the year as September's warm weather reaches its peak. The UK experience its hottest September day since 2016 on Wednesday with 32 degrees Celsius recorded in Kew Gardens in West London. Um, Heat health alerts have been upgraded to amber for much of England, with only the northeast under a yellow one. It means people of all ages could be affected, 
putting the energies at risk. Areas of West Yorkshire, Cornwall, Devon and Wales all hit the heatwave threshold on Tuesday. The Met Office said although the hottest temperature did not pass June's uh, 32.2 Celsius high, the current, current hottest day of the year, Saturday could see temperatures reach as high as 33 Celsius in London, although it will be cooler further north. Uh, very interesting stuff there. Now, just before you head off to the weather, I'm just going to finish off um, the uh, headlines of the newspaper. So, total farce are the words of the sun used to describe the prison security incident at uh, Wandsworth Prison. The paper has, broken, uh, has spoken to former Met Commander John O'Connor, who refers to the prison escape of Daniel Caliph as a disgrace. The terrorism suspect is on most of uh, the front pages after his escape from Wandsworth Jail. Under the headline, Total Farce, the Sun says he made a mockery of prison security by clinging onto the underside of a van. The former commander of uh, Metropolitan Police, John O'Connor, tells the paper the escape makes the prison service look like a laughing stock. According to the Daily Mail, the suspect is um, suspected of spying of Iran. For Iran, the Daily Telegraph says police do not believe he is driven by any uh, specific ideology. A former prison governor tells the Times that a suspect terrorist should have been held at, at, at the high security Belmarsh jail rather than at Wandsworth. Writing in the Daily Express, Rishi Sunak says he will use the G20 summit in India over the weekend to discuss deeper trade links with presidents and prime ministers, but also to meet business leaders. He says Britain is seeing a surge of investment in cutting-edge technologies, including electric vehicles and AI. The Sun says the Home Secretary, Zuela Braverman, has changed the prime minister uh, has challenged the Prime Minister in front of the whole Cabinet of his plans to hand thousands more students and business visas to Indian citizens in order to secure a trade deal with the country. The paper says, securing uh, the argument in a huge personal project for Mr Sunak and would demonstrate a ben- the benefits of leaving the EU, but Tory MPs are furious at the idea of opening the door to even more Migration. <clears throat> Analysis by the I newspaper has concluded that almost 100,000 pupils across England have faced disruption because weak uh, concrete prone to collapse uh, has been discovered in their school. The paper uh, nearly 12 uh, says nearly 12,000 students attend school, which have had to remain. Uh, shut at the start of the academic year or have switched to fully remote learning. The Daily Mirror says nine schools affected by RAAC were turned down for rebuilding funding last year. In an editorial, the paper says images of school roofs held up temporary support uh, held up by temporary supports will come to define what it describes as the conservative 13 years of failure. According to the Telegraph, Rishi Sunak is likely to drop plans to ban children from changing gender at school. The paper says the Prime Minister has 
been told that new legislation is needed, but he fears that introducing such a bill in the Commons will expose differences within his party in the run-up to the uh, next general election. The Guardian reports that an undercover police officer has used his fake identity to deceive a woman into a 19-year relationship during which they had a child together. She uh, discovers the truth in 2020 after they got engaged. The paper says it is not known why the officer cultivated the relationship as a woman involved wasn't believed to have been the target of any surveillance operation. Evan and Somerset Police has issued an apology. And the Times highlights a warning that modern home devices are invading people's privacy by collecting collect more data about their uh, users than is needed. The consumer group, which says smart speakers, doorbells, security cameras, TVs and high-tech washing machines are spies in the home because they are so much unnecessary personal information so a wide range of interesting topics and headlines in the papers today now before we head off to our segments uh, let's just uh, get an update on the weather absolutely um so the headline says very warm sunshine overnight fog patches some showers in the west so today is patchy fog uh, and low cloud uh, burning back to North Sea coast quickly through the morning to give another dry day uh, with plenty of warm sunshine, well scattered showers in the west spreading northwards uh, which could be heavy and thundery. Tonight a patchy mist and fog forming uh, and low cloud moving <coughs> inland overnight. Some thundery showers for western parts, warm again and feeling particularly uncomfortable for sleeping. Um, Friday, very warm or, or hot at first with plenty of sunshine, uh, though some isolated thundery showers, possibly mainly in the west. So that is some um, good weather we're expecting. Uh, today will be uh, up to 30 degrees. Um, a good weekend as well with uh, 30, 31 and 30 degrees mm -hmm. Celsius. Yes, absolutely. Uh, before we head off uh, or move any further, I would like to remind all our uh, listeners that this is your show. It cannot be a success without your input. So make sure to give us a call on 0208 687 7878 and tweet us at Voice of Islam UK. Also visit our website and once again, this show cannot be a success without your input. Uh, we will be discussing, uh, as Brother um, Asa mentioned, interesting uh, topics. Um, as he mentioned before, the first one is uh, India achieves the first successful landing on moon south pole. So uh, we will actually be looking at um, why the moon was a... Uh, challenging target uh, for a spacecraft to land on uh, why uh, which other countries are looking to attempt similar uh, missions and uh, most of all we'll be looking at the Islamic perspective with regards to this in our second segment how honey empowers Tanzanian women to support their families we will be discussing various uh, uh, 
points and uh, angles of this topic. How have the, the disease of drought impacted the area? Importance of lo- looking after the env- environment. Uh, what has science stated to discover about healing powers of honey? And uh, most importantly, as always, as per our tradition, we will be looking at the uh, Islamic perspective. Before we head off to uh, starting off uh, talking about our segments, let's just head off uh, quickly to Brother Asim. Absolutely. Before we start other segments, we can't not... Uh, move on without having some sports news as usual, as our tradition. Um, so f- in football, we have a Bolando shortlist England trio and seven from Manchester United nominated. England's uh, Jude Bellingham, Bukaya Saka, and Harry Kane, and seven Manchester City players are on the 30 man shortlist for the 2023 Bolando. Uh, City's Alec Haaland is one of the 12 Premier League players nominated. Argentina legend Lionel Messi is the overwhelming favourite to win and extended his record to eight Ballon d'Ors after winning the World Cup. Uh, midfielder Bellingham and striker Kane both moved clubs uh, this summer to Real Madrid and Bayern Munich. A treble winning Manchester City are represented by record-breaking goalscorer Haaland, Kevin De Bruyne, Ruben Diaz, World Cup winner Julian Alvarez, Bernardo Silva, Rodri and uh, Josco uh, Guardiol. Um, also, five-time winner Cristiano Ronaldo, who plays for Al Nasser, was not nominated for the first time since 20, uh, 2003. Uh, Bellingham, who joined the nominee from Borussia Dortmund December, is one of the ten nominees for the Best Young Player Award, the Copa Trophy. So that is some news. Um, we don't have Ronaldo in the Bolador, but we do have Messi. Okay, excellent. Nevius, uh, it's time for a short break, after which we will start our first segment. Stay tuned. We find anxiety and turmoil continue to spread and increase in the world. We find so much strife, restlessness and disorder. We find countries engaged in wars. Terrorist groups, political parties, major powers of the world, all consumed by their efforts to maintain or acquire supremacy and leave no stone unturned in their efforts towards pursuing their objectives. With all these hostilities engulfing the entire world, we also find a grand solution. We find a serene voice, a voice of reasoning and logic, travelling across the world forewarning that if these actions continue, then most surely the entire planet will succumb to a detrimental end. With the rapid decline of international relationship, the chances of the entire globe once again engaged in war is increasing daily. This time, wars will be fought with such weaponry that will leave widespread devastating effects. If a person is shot by a bullet, then it is sometimes possible for him to survive through medical treatment. But if a nuclear war breaks out, then those who are in the firing line will have no such luck. The weapons available today are so destructive that they could lead to generation after generation of children being born with severe genetic or physical defects. Thus, if the major powers do not act with justice, and do not eliminate the frustrations of smaller nations, 
and do not adopt great and wise policies, then the situation will spiral out of all control and the destruction that will follow is beyond our comprehension and imagination. Even the majority of the world who does desire peace will also become engulfed by this devastation. This is the dreadful reality. By adopting aggressive policies and utilizing force, the world will be compelled to think of radical solutions, the most radicalized being war. Recently, a very senior Russian military commander issued a serious warning about the potential risks, risk of a, a nuclear war. It was his view that such a war would not be fought in Asia or elsewhere, but would be fought on Europe's border, and that the threat might originate and ignite from Eastern European countries. Though some people will say that this was simply his personal opinion, I myself do not believe his views to be improbable. But in addition, I also believe that if such a war breaks out, then it is highly likely that Asian countries will also become involved. Have these words of the Khalifa not been proven to be true to the letter? The crisis between Russia and Ukraine have brought back memories of the Cold War, with nearly a hundred member states of the United Nations failing to recognize the control of Crimea by the Russian Federation. Is that not a repeat of the past? When the Arab Spring first came to pass, many people in the world considered it to be a great means for the Arab world to come out of the Dark Ages and embrace modern times. The reality was quite the contrary. Is the world going towards this devastation? Hundreds of thousands of innocent lives have been lost, especially in the Middle East. How many more will it take for mankind to take note of the Khalifa's message? There is an urgent need to end all kinds of hatred and to lay the foundations of peace. This can only be done by respecting all kinds of sentiments of each other. If this is not done properly, honestly and with virtue, it will escalate into uncontrollable circumstances. So what is our responsibility? most surely to listen to and spread the words of the Khalifa and put them into practice. Save the world from the pit of doom that it is so closely standing upon. There is an account narrated about Syed Abdul Qadir Jalani, may Allah have mercy on him, that when he set out away from home for the purpose of his education, his noble mother sewed his share of 80 coins into the underarm of his shirt and advised him, Son, do not lie. When Syed Abdul Qadir departed, on the first day of his journey, he passed through a jungle that was inhabited by a large band of thieves and robbers. A party of robbers confronted and apprehended him. The robbers asked, What have you got in your possession? Syed Abdul Qadir thought to himself that he was being tested in the first stage of his journey. He reflected over his mother's advice and said, I have 80 coins which my noble mother has sewn into the underarm of my shirt. The robbers were extremely surprised on hearing this and said, What is this dervish saying? We have never seen such a righteous man. They took him and putting him before their chief related the entire story. 
When the chief questioned him, Syed Abdul Qadir Jalani gave the same response. Finally, when his shirt was torn at the place that he had described, it turned out that there were indeed 80 coins sewn into his shirt. All the robbers were astonished, and the chief asked why Syed Abdul Qadir Jalani had told them the truth. At this, Syed Abdul Qadir Jalani mentioned the advice that his mother had given him before he departed. He said, I have set out as a student of religion. If I had told a lie at the very first stage of my journey, what could I expect to attain? And so, I chose to stand by the truth. When Syed Abdul Qadir had said these words, the chief burst into tears, fell at his feet, and repented for his sins. It is said that this chief was the first follower of Syed Abdul Qadir Jalani. In short, truth is a thing that delivers a person in even the most trying and difficult of times. Saadi is true when he says, Never have I seen go astray the one who treads the right path. Therefore, the more a person adopts the truth and develops a love for the truth, the deeper a love and understanding they develop for the word of God and also for his prophets, because they are an example and source for all those who are truthful. This principle is also prevalent in the following instruction. Be with the truthful. Listening to the Voice of Islam Radio. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. May peace and blessings of Allah be upon you all. Welcome back to the breakfast show on the Voice of Islam. Uh, just before the break, we were um, telling our listeners that we are just going to head off to the segments. So, Brother Hashmi, without any further ado, What's the gist of the story in our first segment? So the first segment of which we are discussing is India achieves the first successful landing on moon's South Pole. And the gist of the story is that uh, as humans have endeavored to launch themselves and their machines beyond Earth, that maxim has been proven again and again. Recent attempts to, to touch down on the moon, if a feat first accomplished nearly 60 years ago by the former a Soviet Union's uh, robotic lunar 9 probe uh, has have have been particularly fraught by failure but on August 23 an Indian space craft for the first time successfully landed on the south surface of the moon absolutely so what is special about the south side of the moon uh, where the rover has landed um, a lot of you 
listeners are probably wondering. So extreme contrasting conditions make it a challenging location for earthlings to land, live and work. But the region's unique characteristics hold a hold promise for unpredicted deep space scientific discoveries that could help us learn about our place in the universe and venture uh, farther into the solar system. At the lunar south pole, the sun hovers below or just above the horizon, creating temperatures upwards of 130 Fahrenheit, which is 54 degrees Celsius during sunlit periods. Some of these uh, craters are permanently in shadow and might still have large quantities of water that's accessible to human and robotic explorers. This is a critical resource and the moon might be just uh, the space to help humanity as it pushes out to explore the rest of the solar system. The frozen water uh, untamed by the sun's radiation might have accumulated in cold polar regions over millions of years, leading to the accumulation of ice on or or near uh, the surface. This provides a unique sample for scientists to analyse and understand the history of water in our solar system, uh, BBC reports. And so the rover was carried to the south pole uh, of the moon where it was believed that there is water ice. Water ice storage facilities would be an essential supply of hydrogen for fuel as well as drinking water for any future lunar settlers. The discoveries made by the rover would enable the scientists to understand how the Earth-Moon system and the solar system formed and involved throughout the years as well as the role of asteroid impact in influencing Earth's history. Overall, many of the technologies we currently uh, utilize in our everyday lives would not exist if scientists did not continue to explore space whether satellites freeze-dried food communication satellites tv satellite dishes medical image device in air thermometers fire resistant materials used in firefighting smoke detectors sunglasses uh, cordless power tools uh, the space pan uh, shock absorbing materials used in helmets, joystick video game controls and even golf balls among the many examples. So um, why is the moon a challenging target for a spacecraft to try to land on? Um, so the, basically the moon is a difficult target for a spacecraft trying to land even though it's you know quite close by a slightly under f- uh, 400,000 kilometers. That's mostly due to the absence of an atmosphere on our nearest um, uh, celestial neighbor. So they go uh, to a mechanism for slowing down a descending object on Earth. A parachute is therefore useless, um, says uh, Dave Williams, a lunar and planetary scientist at NASA's Goddard Space uh, Flight Center in uh, Greenbelt, MD. He says the only way to slow uh, yourself down is with rockets. That's where things get tricky, he says, since firing a rocket means controlling its 
orientation and thrust, among other things. So the moon's gravity, while only roughly one-sixth that on Earth, is strong enough to have um, an effect on a crippled spacecraft in free fall, William says. So there are uh, also the challenge of determining uh, a safe landing site, an area that appears smooth as seen from orbit, uh, might in f- fact be littered uh, with uh, boulders or other obstacles. A, sa- a spacecraft software must be capable of evaluating the th- terrain on its own. Relying on human operators back on Earth isn't feasible because there's too long a lag in communications uh, due to the infinite speed of light. You're always uh, two and a half seconds behind. So there are some difficulties um, regarding um, landing. But Islam, uh, if we look at the Islamic perspective, Islam encourages individuals to research new things, explore the world and increase their knowledge. So there are numerous verses and hadith in the Quran and the Sunnah, which is the teachings and custom of the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, that exhort uh, Muslims uh, to seek knowledge and wisdom and you know also use their intellect and reason to explore the science of Allah in, in the cosmos. For example, Allah says in the Holy Quran, O company of jinn and man, if you have power to go beyond the confidence of the heavens and the earth, then do go, but you cannot go save with authority. That's from chapter 55, verse 34. So the human race is encouraged by this verse from the Quran to explore the cosmos beyond the spheres of the you know, heavens and the earth. And the verse implies that if we are uh, capable of uh, going beyond these uh, realms, we should do so. It, it emphasizes the necessity of acting within the confines of what is allowed according to the Islamic beliefs, while uh, also simultaneously embracing the quest for scientific and technical development. Allah has given humans the ability uh, and permission to explore and, you know, to travel to outer space in another verse uh, uh, god says and he has uh, he and he has pressed into service uh, for you the night and the day this and the sun and the moon and the stars too have been pressed into service by his command surely in that are signs for people who make use of the reasons that's uh, in the Quran, chapter 16, verse uh, 13. So th- this verse from Surah Al-Nahal highlights Allah's creation and control of the, you know, the entire universe, including all its of uh, its elements, such as the stars, and the sun, and the moon. So it, it emphasizes uh, the vastness of the universe, urging humans to explore and uh, appreciate its wonders. And, uh, you know, the verse also underlines the significance of using our reasoning and reflective uh, abilities to obtain a better knowledge, of course, of the universe and its science. Uh, Space exploration allows us to observe and comprehend these science in greater depth. Absolutely. Um, And when mentioning seeking knowledge, which is uh, teaching of Islam, verse of the Holy Quran, that um, where Allah teaches us to pray and Allah increase me in knowledge and also a saying of the Holy Prophet that it is uh, incumbent it is a duty of a believer <coughs> to seek knowledge uh, from its very very 
infinity uh, when he's an infant to his uh, up to the point he enters his grave uh, it's not just a religious knowledge it uh, could be any type of knowledge and especially the knowledge of uh, god's creation when we especially when we look at the uh, solar system um, the stars the moon the sun and so on and so forth and what people might not know those of uh, our listeners is that the solar system has a very 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 uh, close relationship with the advent of the promised messiah on whom be peace Hazrat Mirza Ghulam Ahmed who the promised messiah and Imam Mahdi was foretold to be the promised messiah and Imam Mahdi by the holy prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam uh, in a hadith where he said that for the truthfulness of the Mahdi at that time uh, there will be uh, uh, a sign given by God that there will be the eclipse of the moon and the sun uh, so this was told 1300, 1400 years ago by the Holy Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam with regards to the truthfulness of the promised Messiah uh, again which is related to our solar system very closely um, we have an audio uh, link that we want to play uh, with regards to this. Uh, let's take a look. For our Mahdi, there are two signs which have never appeared before since the creation of the heavens and the earth. Namely, the moon will be eclipsed on the first night in Ramadan, i.e. on the first of the nights on which a lunar eclipse can occur. And the sun will be eclipsed on the middle day of Ramadan, i.e. on the middle of the days on which a solar eclipse can occur. And these signs have not appeared since God created the heavens and the earth. So that was the uh, saying of the Holy Prophet wasallam, a hadith that was foretold, uh, a prophecy that was made 1400 years ago by the Holy Prophet wasallam. With regards to the truthfulness of Hazrat Mirza Ghulam Ahmad of Qadian, the Imam Mahdi and the promised Messiah on whom be peace. And no person or power in the entire world is able to take this sign away from him and this uh, proof of his truthfulness away from him. Uh, we, a lot of us might have seen recently that on social media platforms, different social media platforms and on the internet people are uh, discussing uh, the truthfulness of Hazrat Mazaghulam Ahmad of Guardian on whom be peace and uh, some people even go to the extent of I would say acting like uh, hypocrites by uh, taking, uh, by cherry picking some uh, quotes or extracts and misusing them. However, uh, when it comes to the truthfulness of the promised Messiah, in my opinion, this is one of the greatest signs uh, or the, one of the greatest prophecies that has been fulfilled and it was fulfilled uh, nearly 100 years ago. And since then, it, it is an open challenge to disprove the tr truthfulness uh, of the promised Messiah with regards to this prophecy. You can use have any of your scientific experts uh, and so on and so forth but I can assure you 
that it will be impossible to disprove that the sun and uh, the moon and lunar eclipse occurred uh, for the truthfulness of the promised Messiah, uh, which was foretold by the Holy Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Back to our topic with regards to the moon landing. Many countries have uh, and, and private companies are interested in the South Pole region because uh, permanently uh, shadowed ca- craters may uh, hold frozen water that could help future astronaut missions use it as a potential source of drinking water to make rocket fuel. Uh, Japan plans to launch a lunar lander to the moon over the weekend as part of an X-ray telescope mission. And two US companies also uh, are vying to put landers on the moon by the end of the year. One of them at the South Pole in the coming years. NASA plans to land uh, astronauts at the lunar South Pole, (coughs) taking advantage of the frozen water in craters. India joins the United States the former Soviet Union and China as the only country uh, as the only other countries to successfully complete a soft landing uh, on the moon. The Holy Quran stresses the need to study the social conditions in the world in order to understand different cultures and the way different people live. As a matter of fact, the Holy Quran invites us to study all the social sciences, including philosophy, sociology, geography, philosophy, economics, etc. First, to understand other people's ways and seemed to communicate with the world effectively what will be in their best interest in the light of the teachings of Islam. As Muslims, we all know that the purpose of life is to worship Allah, but it is equally to but it is equally important that to fulfill the purpose we must invite the whole of the world to Allah. We may not be able to invite the world to Allah if we do not understand the social conditions of the world. Uh, the Holy Quran uh, says, Say, travel in the earth and see how he organized how he uh, originated the creation. Then when Allah create the second creation, surely Allah has power over all things. He punishes whom he pleases and shows mercy unto whom he pleases and to him will you be turned back. And you cannot uh, frustrate and design of, of Allah in the earth, nor in the heavens, nor have you any friend or helper beside Allah. This is chapter 29, verse 21 to 23. The Holy Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam is said to have enjoined his followers to seek knowledge even if they have to travel to China. Uh, We are enjoined to learn uh, from nature, history and social conditions of different nations and countries. Hazrat Abu Huraira, may Allah be pleased with him, narrates that uh, I heard that the Holy Prophet said, the word of wisdom is the lost property of a Muslim, so that wherever he finds it, he should take it as he is most entitled to it. 
and we see that a lot uh, a number of muslims have acted upon this teaching this basic teaching of the uh, of the holy prophet sallallahu of islam and have uh, changed the course of history if we look at it uh, if uh, uh, just to mention a few dr abdul salam a nobel prize winner uh, who was part of the ahmadiyya muslim community he was the first muslim nobel prize w- winner um the Arabs who invented uh, coffee, uh, algebra, uh, even uh, some say even the camera, and so on and so forth. It all comes from seeking knowledge, uh, and uh, which is really the base, uh, one of the basic teachings uh, of Islam. Dear viewers, we are approaching a short break. Please stay tuned and uh, join us soon. to the Voice of Islam Radio. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. May peace and blessings of Allah be upon you. Welcome back to the breakfast show <clears throat> on the Voice of Islam. Uh, just before we headed off to the break, we were discussing uh, India's landing on the moon and uh, with regards to that, um, what role uh, is the Pragyan rover set to carry out? Badarsan? So, and throughout its uh, lunar renders, the Pragyan rover will gather a wealth of important data. Uh, while addressing the briefing, the ISRO chief asserted that, one, that once the Pragyan rover comes out of the Vikram lander and touches the surface of the moon, it will carry out two crucial experiments. He stated that in the next 14 days, the condition of Vikram lander will be checked. Instruments like uh, RAMBA will be deployed to study the charged <coughs> atmosphere of the moon. ILSA payload will be lowered from the lander. Uh, Vikram uh, touched the surface and measured the seismic activity of the moon. The rover will then act as a communicator in chief as it will take pictures from its navigation camera and transmit its firing to Earth via the lander. So the vehicle weighting 26 kg has a mission life of one lunar day, which is equal to about uh, 14 Earth days. It has technologies designed to discover the basic comp- composition of the lunar space, which will comprehend the mineral content of the moon, um, and any technologies designed to ascertain the uh, chemical elemental composition of magnesium and aluminium on the lunar soil. Uh, will 
with the successful touchdown of Chandrayaan uh, 3 the world is set to witness the, the first uh, made in India rover on the lunar space and uh, the Pragyan rover will also become the eighth rover on the moon alongside uh, two Russian three American and two Chinese rovers uh, we are approaching the 8 o'clock news. Uh, just before we head off, I would like to remind all our listeners to give us a call at 0208-687878. Tweet us at Voice of Islam UK. And uh, just remember, this show, this show is your show, cannot be a success without your input. Uh, heading off to the 8 o'clock news, stay tuned because we will be back shortly. You are listening to the recording of a live show. Please do not call or text, as this is a recording, and lines are now closed. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. May peace and blessings of Allah be upon you all. Welcome back to the breakfast show on the Voice of Islam Radio. Before the break, we were discussing uh, the India's moon landing, and uh, we were looking at various aspects with regards to that. That was our first segment to the breakfast show. Today we have two segments and uh, heading off to our second segment now. Uh, Brother Hashemi, uh, what can you tell us about our second segment? Absolutely. So the second segment is that how honey empowers Tanzanian women to support their families. The gist of the story is that uh, with the recurring drought pressure, uh, pressurizing communities who keep cattle in northern Tanzania, a group of Maasai women have started producing honey to generate additional income, ensuring their children's future and helping to regenerate the forest. So um, uh, we will discuss uh, how has the business developed and what have uh, been the benefits of uh, to these families. So due to increasing drought pres- uh, pressure in northern Tanzania, the Maasai women are now producing honey as an extra a source of income. In the training, uh, Maria and the other women have learned that taking care of Vegetation is a crucial element in the care of management of the bees. Uh, a trainer, Majaliva Mawashuwe, says it is of great importance that our environment is taken care of, right from the water catchments. Uh, so our training goes hand in hand with these aspects of the environment, uh, taking care of the vegetation so that bees can get their food because there is no other source of food. So the new uh, beekeepers are also receiving training on how to s- be smart business people, uh, producing, labeling, and branding their own products to basically maximize their value. Uh, to this day, they have successfully constructed uh, 76 beehives on a communal piece of land with the backing of multiple organizations. So the Maasai women have been able to, uh, through this um, extra source of income have uh, you know been able to buy goat to produce milk for the family uh, been able to buy a bed for themselves pay for their children's education and also thinking of buying a house so brother uh, Nafis uh, how have the decades of drought uh, impacted the area Uh, climate change has uh, intensified recurring droughts in the region particularly in northern Tanzania these droughts have resulted in damage to rain and significant loss in available pasture of animals, having a significant impact 
on populations such as the Maasai. Uh, innovative solutions are being sought to reduce the negative consequences on the environment and traditional livelihoods. Uh, beekeep beekeeping not only helps to restore the environment, but it also provides a source of economic uh, uh, diversification of for populations threatened by drought and pasture uh, scarcity. Um, with regards to uh, beekeeping, uh, we had the opportunity to speak to Clem Edwards with this regard, and we asked him about his interest in uh, honey and um, what to do. Uh, I mean, what are the basic requirements to cultivate uh, honey and how his experience has been at the Kutmedi farm in Hampshire. So let's head off to that. So first of all, for our listeners, if uh, you can introduce yourself. Yep, so I'm uh, Chris Edwards, uh, Colleen Chris Edwards, and I'm a trustee of Humanity First. I'm involved in the uh, the honey project um, where we've got uh, 20 hives down at uh, the the uh, farm in Hampshire mm. that, that the Amadeus Muslim Association own, and we've got uh, permission from His Holiness to have the, the hives down there. So that's kind of my connection with uh, honey mm. and, um, and, and doing it, sort of selling it on behalf of Humanity First. Ah. Um, how did you develop your interest in the bees and honey farming? Yeah, well, obviously, um, yeah, as a Muslim, you you see uh, all the benefits of uh, of honey and, and you know um, in the Quran and, and all, yeah. all all this. There's a lot of uh, onus on on honey and and and, and the bee etc. as a as a model sort of uh, community. Yeah. So um, I have a decent sized garden. So <laughs> I contacted my local beekeepers and uh, a friend, Hayden Salah. Um, put his hives in my garden and I over the last sort of 10 years I've been working with him and, and developed the skills myself so I, I actually have my own bees in Hadigal Edwards ah. my own uh, my own garden so yeah. so I, I do a sort of um, you know some honeycomb for for, for friends and uh, and honey so I've got that uh, experience as well mm-hmm. so I've got my own bees but also an, uh, an interest in the, uh, the the hives we've got down at mm-hmm. Hadigal so after reading the Holy Quran and looking into the teachings about the bees, uh, it inspired you to look further into yes, it. Yes, exactly. But I'm also um, quite um, good with money. So <laughs> <laughs> one thing was the like, why am I buying all this? Uh, and, and, and then I think as you experience more, you realise that supermarket honey is uh, is is a much adulterated um, uh, adulterated product, mm. and so it's really not uh, ideal. You mm. really want to be getting uh, pure honey from a the farmers market or, mm. or indeed humanity first where we yeah. sell out a very good uh, supply but i think that uh, i'm now in a better position because i get the real stuff mm-hmm. um whereas if i didn't put that effort in yeah. i wouldn't i would be reliant on <coughs> sort of false supermarket honey yeah. and or you know paying um you know strong money to uh, farmers market honey yeah and the prices must vary from you know the real honey and the supermarket honey that we yeah, I think it's a you know often people come up to me at the stall at uh, at various places at Humanity First. They say, "Why are you selling this for ten pounds? I can buy little <laughs> honey for one pound." You yeah, know? Exactly. Yeah. And I think the thing is that it's only then that they realise that you know if you tip, take a, gar, a jar of uh, any honey that you buy anywhere, even a, in fact a, a brother came from Germany and showed me. I brought my own honey. I said, "Look, turn it over," and we read it out <laughs> in German. Yeah. And it's at the back of every label. It says, "This honey is a blend of EU." 
and okay. non-EU honey. And what that means is that they've mixed it with, blended it with sort of Chinese honey, which, mm-hmm. you know, which, which we know there's been lots of evidence that um, they're feeding bees. The, the bees are being fed sugar mm-hmm. and generate a honey-like product. But mm-hmm. really, it's corn flour. They, 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 they're just drinking sort of extract. So it's a recycling of waste sugar products that mm-hmm. gets turned into cheap honey that gets blended with mm-hmm. a little bit of something else from the EU. And that's what people buy for one pound at Lidl. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, but I think once people have tried the real stuff, they understand. Yeah. Um, so the nutrition that are in the real honey, um, it can't be compared to the honey that we Yeah, I mean, that's so, so, so my honey, you take it away, <clears throat> there's bits of pollen in there, there's, you know, all, all the good stuff's in there. You know, there, there's, it's not just, um, you know, the honey derived from sugar. So that, you know, all those micro-benefits and the antibiotic properties, you know, it's, it's hard to justify. There. And it's why Manuka honey in New Zealand is so well protected, mm-hmm. you know, that, uh, and are so expensive. They marketed it as a very expensive product and... Uh, but that's a marketing exercise. I, I, I doubt that um, if, you, if you put Manuka honey or, you know, like Humanity First honey from Hampshire in uh, side by side in some sort of scientific test with antibiotic properties, and it's like, they'd be identical, really. You mm-hmm. know that. Uh, so it just, you know, depending on where bees forage is is what you get your honey's taste yeah. and properties from. Um, and majority of the time, you are around bees. So do you not get stung? How would yeah. you prevent yourself from this? Yeah, so we wear a suit, we use a smoker, uh, we wear gloves. I mean, you often sometimes see people on Instagram or, or, or these other sort of places where, where they're wearing no suit. And so, so, you know, when bees swarm, that's actually the friendliest time because all they want to do is they've got a queen and they've got a bunch of bees. And mm-hmm. at that point, the swarm, you can hold them with your bare hands and there's no issues. It's only when they're defensive, when you're going into their hive, they're into their home, do they mm-hmm. get a, possibly a bit more aggressive. Uh, but yes, I mean, I occasionally get a sting on the finger through the gloves. And but you're used that. to it now. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know about that. I don't know if we ever, ever fully get used to it. But yeah, it's, yeah. it's something, you know, it's, a, it's an, act, an occupational hazard. No, okay, okay. What, what are the basic requirements of honey cultivation? Yeah, so basically um, bees will need decent forage. Um, and what happens sometimes is in if you travel the UK, you'll see these fields of oilseed rape, these yellow fields, monoculture. And so the bees will love that when it's in flower. But as soon as it's all gone yellow and, and all the flowers are out, then bees can starve. So you have a situation where sometimes, you know, if you're a beekeeper, you need to then move the bees somewhere else mm-hmm. and or you might have to emergency feed them. Mm. You might have to feed them, uh, you know, just, just to get them through that period. You might have to feed them um, a sugar solution. We're lucky, obviously, down in Hampshire. We've got mm. rolling um, fields, wildflowers, all the trees. But if you're sometimes, you know, the UK can get a bit of a barren desert, i.e. there's one fl- uh, flowering period and that's it. And then the bees will struggle. So they need a constant variety of plants coming into um into in, into flower they need water uh, and they need a nice sort of space that they can call home mm-hmm. so you'll sometimes see bees will um will be in the top of church spires will be in your roof <laughs> mm-hmm. you know so it kind of depends mm-hmm. but that's there, there's, there's sort of certain requirements that they mm-hmm. need but yeah that's interesting um and you know um nowadays especially um the temperature the weather temperature is very hot um, do you think this poses a risk to the bees? 
I don't think so. The bees are very good. If you see them, it is very, very hot in the evenings. They do this thing called bearding. So as Muslims, we love bearding. So bees will all, they will all come out of the hive and, come, and make a, like a beard shape around the front entrance. So oh. if you Google bearding, uh, beehive bearding, you'll see all these, they say, why are all these bees outside? Well, they're keeping cool. And they will actually use the heat to make um, dry. Basically, they connect, collect nectar drive the water off and that's what makes the honey so actually the heat helps them mm-hmm. um they, they're much more you know they, they don't like the cold quite so much and will just sort of stay indoors until it's sort of a decent temperature well, i think if anything the heat helps them uh, apart from the fact that it might change the things that they forage on for example so you know in the uk we're, we're, we're lucky in that you know, some some other plants will grow better if we have a, um, a, a, a hotter environment. But maybe southern Spain, where all the, you know, nothing grows because it uh, becomes a desert, then that will mm. be hard to uh, to be a beekeeper down there. So the bees, the bees themselves won't care about the honey, but maybe uh, the the heat. But they, uh, it, it may be what they're foraging on. Yeah, um, and you mentioned that you've been cultivating honey in Hadikatul Medi farm uh, in Hampshire right yeah um, can you tell our listeners a little bit more about this yeah so basically um, it was a while ago actually you know so over sort of six years ago wrote to uh, his holiness and, and, and asked for permission and obviously you know it's an easy win it's an easy ask isn't it because <laughs> we know he likes farming and we know he likes uh, you know the, um, sort of agriculture and using the land uh, and so it's a perfect opportunity you know the, that, that the, the property's slap bang in the middle of the South Downs National Park so you know it's a, it's a wonderful uh, position to, to, to put the uh, the hives in so and in fact, I did get stung the night that we moved the bees in because <laughs> I had a, a slight hole in my um, in the zip, yeah. and uh, yeah. So there's some frightening pictures of me looking like um, Flubber or some sort of you know elephant man <laughs> with as my face blew up. So it was a, not a pleasant experience, but you know yeah. I put blood and sweat into uh, into the bees down at Hadiglamati, yeah. and I would uh, ask people to pray for our beekeeper's uh, wife who's had some medical issues. So please uh, mm-hmm. request prayers for. Uh, Hayden Salah, who's our, our good friend, and mm-hmm. um, and his wife's going through some medical issues at the moment. So yeah. please request for prayers for that. Yeah, thoughts go out to her. Um, it was uh, lovely talking to you. Um, thank you for joining us on The Voice of Islam. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Salah. That was uh, Kaleem Edwards uh, talking to us about um, his experience and uh, uh, in honeykeeping in Hadigur uh, Medi the farm in uh, Hampshire and a few very interesting points uh, that he discussed and uh, just before we went on to listen to the uh, interview we were discussing that how Islam also teaches us to preserve the environment, look after the environment with regards to this uh, His Holiness Hazrat Mizza Mazroor Ahmed the fifth caliph of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community, may God be his helper, highlighted the significance of this at the 15th annual peace symposium in the UK. He stated, striving to protect the environment and to look after our planet planet is extremely precious and a noble cause. And um, the Ahmadiyya Muslim community has been at the forefront of uh, serving and preserving the environment and uh, uh, serving and preserving the planet and uh, whether it is um, tree planting or 
any other activities which are any humanitarian charitable works the Ahmadiyya Muslim community has always been at the forefront uh, of it uh, how has this honey project enabled the women in the community to support their families and environment contrary to uh, traditions brother Hashmi what's uh, with regards to what's happening in Tanzania can you Definitely, shed a bit more yes, light of course so basically uh, you know honey is a big mis- business in Tanzania but uh, you know traditionally it's only the Maasai men who do the job the big beekeepers say that as they go from strength to strength keeping bees and producing honey has resulted in great respect for them in the community so they generally you know they generated additional income to support uh, their families while placing significant emphasis on environmental conversation uh, by reducing the necessity for a large number of livestock to generate income they facilitated the regeneration of the forest uh, training initiatives are closely aligned with the environmental considerations involving the maintenance of vegetation to ensure bees have a food source as there are no alternative income sources so if we look at the islamic perspective that the women's rights in islam to earn money work and get an education you know as well as their responsibilities to look after the household um it states that it is the duty of every muslim man and every muslim woman to acquire knowledge that's ibn in, in ibn majah uh, his holiness has said that islam encourages the education of women it is said that if a person has two daughters and educates them then it is enough to, for that person's sins to be forgiven and to enter into heaven therefore a uh, woman should be cu- encouraged to attain higher education at the same time they must be mindful of their responsibilities or you know of trending to the future generations uh, never before was basically a woman given the economic uh, freedom such as given by uh, by islam islam makes it clear that she is entitled to you know basically possess wealth and property on her own whether it is an inherited or earned and has full right over it the quran states in chapter 4 verse 33 that men shall have the share of what they have earned and women shall have the share of what they have earned and ask allah of his bounty surely allah has perfect knowledge of all things so basically this verse you know established the quality the quality of men and women in, in so far as their work are concerned the woman has the right to manage her own wealth a married woman is not you know required to spend out of her own wealth it is basically the duty of the husband to provide provide for the for her the holy the holy quran also states that men are guardians of a woman because allah made some of them excel others and because they spend of their wealth so basically this means that uh, you know the husband is responsible for his wife uh, wife's needs and a protection and you know he's to supply the money for the maintenance uh, of the home yeah absolutely and this is a very interesting <clears throat> topic that's been uh, discussed a lot these days and uh, islam was in fact the religion that 1400 years ago gave women the rights that uh, the west especially 
we couldn't even think of at that time and uh, those rights were discussed were starting being discussed in the west much later uh, at that time in arabia uh, at the before the advent of the prophet of islam muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam peace and blessings of allah be upon him uh, if a daughter was born to somebody she would be buried alive because it it would be considered to it would be considered shameful to have a daughter it would be it would be a, it was considered to be a, a disgrace to 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 have a daughter born in your house so they, what they would do they would bury them alive women did not have the right to um, inherit before the advent of the early prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam know that they have the right to divorce in fact it it it, it they didn't would they would they didn't have any rights at all some would say an islam uh, was the one that gave women their rights and their due rights not the rights that in the name of freedom um, might be being discussed today where, where in fact the rights are being taken away uh, but it was islam 1400 years ago that uh, gave this teaching which is the most perfect teaching and it made sure that uh, a woman is there to be protected and provided for and it is the husband's duty as the breadwinner the society that islam has um, laid out it is the husband's duty to protect and provide for uh, his wife uh, based on the uh, natural abilities and capabilities and his biology that the our creator allah uh, has given him um, definitely uh, totally agree with you brother yeah. uh, nafis i mean with all these points we can summarize that islam is the first religion 1400 years ago who gave rights uh, to women uh, for inheritance uh, for freedom basically mm-hmm. not like now as you said and in in the western world is it just has come uh, i believe probably a few hundred years ago um or even less that a woman have the right to inheritance and gain the so-called freedom which they call it yep absolutely um another thing uh, because we were discussing this topic uh of uh, honey uh, uh which is uh, very very closely related to islam and the holy quran because the holy quran says that allah revealed to the honey bee and uh, in the commentaries of the holy quran the promised messiah and the khulafa has have uh, explained how uh, honey bees are very closely related to the system of caliphate where the they have the queen bee which um, is there to provide for all the other bees and all the other bees collect all the pollen from all flowers and whatnot and give that to the queen bee and that's how honey is produced and similarly very close relationship uh, is uh, has been mentioned in the commentaries of the holy quran with regards to uh, caliphate that how the believers do the jobs of honey bees and uh, the uh, the the caliph or the spiritual father of the community at the specific time does the job of the honeybee uh 
when it comes to that Allah revealed to the bee, uh, to the honeybee, uh, this verse, with regards to this verse, we have a audio clip of the fourth caliph of the Ahmadi Muslim community. Uh, let's head off to that and uh, let's see what he said. Uh, Huzur, addressing the honeybees, uh, Allah says in the Holy Quran that Fasluki Sobola Rabbike Zolola. So, what are the sobols of honeybee? And what, are, what is Zolola? Zolola means submissively. And Sobola are all the ways Allah has taught her, preparing the honeybee from different flowers, their dances, the way they construct their houses, and uh, the propolis they make. Everything is subul, which is taught to honeybee, the ways and means of doing things. You understand? Or no? You try your Bangladeshi then. Yes. I think I'm slightly confused about the meaning of subul arabbeke. It's not Allah's roads, but the path which Allah has taught. Subul arabbe means the path which Allah has taught you, you follow those paths. It's a very enlightening words of the fourth uh, caliph of the Ahmadi Muslim community on whom be peace, um, talking about what Allah revealed to the honeybee when it was mentioned uh, in the Holy Quran. Definitely. So uh, for our listeners, we do have some... Um, health benefits of honey, which we can tell our listeners. Um, firstly, um, it contains a variety of nutrition, basically. Uh, one tablespoon of 20 gram of honey contains 61 calories, um, zero gram fat, uh, zero gram protein, uh, 17 grams of uh, carbs, and um, so on. So honey is essentially... A pure sugar with no fat and only trace amounts of protein and fiber. It it contains small amounts of some uh, nutrition, but most people typically you know don't consume enough honey for it to be a significant dietary source of vitamin and minerals. Still, it's worth uh, noting that honey is rich in health-promoting plant compounds known as uh, polyphenols. Uh, so uh, a second uh, benefit is, is that it's rich in antioxidants. A minimal processed honey contains many important bioactive plants, compounds and antioxidants such as uh, flavonoids and uh, phenolic acids. Darker varieties tend to offer more antioxidants than lighter varieties. So as you saw, uh, as you heard from Kaleem Edwards that um, we do produce uh, pure honey, which uh, uh, we, you can also go to the Humanity First uh, website and get uh, pure honey, um, uh, one jar or how many jars ever you want, and you can collect it uh, whenever you want. Um, another um, benefit is that better for blood sugar levels. To, uh, uh, regarding blood sugar management, honey may have some uh, slight benefit over regular sugar. So although honey raises your blood sugar level, just like other types of sugar do, uh, the antioxidants it contains uh, may help protect against 
metabolic syndrome and type 2 diabetes. So researchers have found that honey may increase um, adiponsetin levels, a hormone that reduces inflammation and improves blood sugar regulation. There are also evidence that daily honey intake may improve uh, fasting uh, blood sugar levels in people with uh, type 2 diabetes. However, uh, while honey may be slightly better than refined sugar for many people with diabetes, people should consume it in moderation. It is also important that to know that some producers dilute honey with plain syrup. Although honey uh, adulteration is illegal in most countries, it remains a widespread problem. So also, um, honey may improve heart health. Honey may also prevent heart disease. According to one review, honey may help lower blood pressure, improve blood fat levels, regulate your heartbeat, and prevent health of uh, prevent the death of healthy cells. All factors that can improve your heart function and health. Uh, one observational study includes over 4,500 people over 40 associated uh, a moderate honey intake with a lower risk of high blood pressure among women. So a rodent study also showed that honey helped protect the heart, the heart from oxidative stress. So it, it can reduce uh, you know, the stress. Uh, so additionally, raw honey typically contains propopyls, uh, resin that bees produce from sap-producing trees and similar plants. So um, propopyls may improve cholesterol uh, levels. Um, also promotes uh, burn and wound healing. There's a historical precedence for the use of uh, a topical honey treatment of a wound and burn healing a practice is still common known today. So a review of 26 studies of honey and wound care found it most effective at healing practical thickness <laughs> burns and wounds that have become infected after surgery. So Manuka honey especially may have a positive applications in burn treatments. However, if you have severe burn, home remedies are not a viable substitute for emergency care and you should seek medical attentions immediately. It may help suppress coughing in children. That's another benefit of honey. Coughing is a common problem for children with upper respiratory infections. These infections can affect sleep and quality of life for children and parents. So one review of several studies of honey and cough in children found that honey appears more effective uh, for cough symptoms. It may also help reduce cough duration. Another review noted that it may also improve sleep quality among children with cough as well as their parents further. Uh, unlike some cough medicines, honey does not have any side effects. So that is a really, really good um, benefit that it can cure half cough for children and even uh, for parents and it does not have any side effect. So it is uh, also easy to add to your diet. Honey is often easy to add to your diet. Uh, you know, to get a small boost of antioxidants from honey. You can use it in any way. You typically use sugar. 
it's excellent for sweetening plain yogurt, coffee, or tea. You can also use it in, you know, cooking and baking. Uh, brother and I actually have tried using honey in tea, and mm-hmm. it, it tastes quite decent. And mm-hmm. of course, you get the pleasure that you're not using this white sugar, you know, mm-hmm. which has uh, ref- been refined <coughs> so much. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, however, you know, uh, remember, remember that honey is a type of sugar. So consuming it will cause your blood sugar levels to rise. So that's why we say eating large quantities of honey, especially consistently over a long period, can contribute to weight gain and increase your risk of diseases like type 2 diabetes or uh, diabetes or heart disease. So uh, consume it in uh, in a small amount and don't overdose um, honey. Mm-hmm. So the bottom line, honey offers several potential health benefits uh, thanks to the beneficial compounds it contains such as antioxidants and propolis. It is a great uh, alternative to sugar, but only consume it in moderation as it still behaves like sugar in your body. Also know that your children under one year shouldn't eat honey as it associates with risk of uh, botulism. Mm-hmm. So th- these were some uh, health benefits of sugar which we should take note of definitely yep absolutely um i mentioned earlier on that uh, that, uh, the fourth caliph of the ahmadiyya muslim community god have mercy on his soul he uh had delivered a whole friday sermon a whole lecture with regards to honey and uh, its importance and in fact its relationship with islam and uh, caliphate in fact um and for those of you who are interested uh, I believe you can find this Friday sermon <clears throat> on alislam.org, which is the official website of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community. Uh, it should be the 31st March 2000, the, the Friday sermon that was delivered on 31st March 2000. Uh, and uh, uh, the fourth head of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community, as well as the current head of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community, they always emphasize that Ahmadis should uh, uh, go and research further into honey and uh, bring further research into this. Um, Coming back shortly after the break, we will discuss the importance of honey and the Islamic uh, uh, aspect with regards to this. So stay tuned. Listening to the Voice of Islam Radio. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. May peace and blessings of Allah be upon you all. Welcome back to the breakfast show on the Voice of Islam 
radio before we uh, headed off to the break we were discussing uh, the importance of honey and how uh, women in Tanzania are benefiting from it and helping uh, uh, and helping uh, their families earn or make a living out of um, honey and uh, with regards to the Islamic perspective and uh, uh, what the Khulafa uh, have said with regards to this topic. Uh, Brother Asim, uh, importance of honey. Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, in the Holy Quran, um, chapter 16, verse 69 and 70, um, it says that, And thy Lord has, bind, has inspired the bees, saying, Make thou houses in the hills and in the trees and in the trellis- trellises which they build. Then eat of every kind of fruit and follow the way of thy Lord that have uh, been made easy for thee. So there comes forth from the bellies a drink of various hues. Therein is cure for men. Surely it is a sign for people who reflect. So we can see from this verse that uh, honey is a, a, a cure. Um, also at the time of the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, honey was used uh, basically to cure diarrhea. Uh, in a narration, uh, Hazrat Abu Sayyid al-Khuzri uh, narrates that a man came to the messenger, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, and said, My brother has pain in his stomach. So the messenger said, Give him honey to drink. The man came back and said, O oh, messenger of Allah, uh, it only increased his illness. So the messenger said, Give him honey to drink. The man came back and said, O oh, Messenger of Allah, it only increased his illness. So the Messenger, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, said that Allah spoke the truth and your brother's belly has lied. Go and give him honey to drink. He went and gave him honey and was co- uh, cured. That's from Sayyid al-Bukhari and Sayyid Muslim. Uh, so we can see from all these examples how important honey is uh, for the hu- human uh, life and the Holy Quran uh, used the word shifa, which means cure, for the Holy Book itself and for honey only. This is why the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, has also stated that make use of the two cures, honey and the Quran. That's from uh, Sunan Ibn Majah. So research uh, on on other, you know, unifloral honeys is uh, severely lacking, and there are thousands of honeys from different flowers, uh, basically, so potentially is yet to be discovered. So Hazrat uh, Muslim, this uh, second caliph, emph- emphasized this point during uh, the annual convention in Rabwa on 28 December 1955. He said that different types of honey are cures for different diseases. So that this is why the Holy Quran does not only say that within honey is cure, but it also says in that is a sign for a people who reflect, meaning he has given the clue. Now it is our task to basically undertake the research. So basically if we wonder over it, it will be, uh, you know, we will find that different colored honeys are, are cures for different diseases. That was from Sarah Rani, volume nine, page uh, eight and nine. Absolutely. And um, it's actually very interesting how the Khulafa over <clears throat> over the time, over the years, definitely yeah, have yeah. Uh, again and again told uh, Ahmadi Muslims to 
uh, dove into research when it comes to honey because in fact this will in fact be uh, a sign of the and it it has been proven to be a sign of the truthfulness of the Holy Quran and Islam where it was mentioned 1400 years ago that uh, it is a cure uh, and uh, for for mankind and um, again uh, the point that brother Asim mentioned as Muslim the second caliph of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community uh, on whom be peace uh, again emphasized that with regards to the verse of the Holy Quran where, where at the end it says that it is a sign for people who would uh, ponder over who would reflect over uh, over this which means that we that uh, Allah has given us a clue and we need to further delve into research and uh, um, learn more about uh, honey. <clears throat> Absolutely, yes. And this will, in fact, be a, a truthfulness, a sign of truthfulness of the Holy Quran, the Word of God. The fifth, uh, the fourth caliph of the Ahmadi Muslim community at one point said, I am hopeful that Ahmadis will ponder over this grand design of honey and benefit from it. And as I had mentioned once before also, they will perform experimental studies on them because there are many types of honey <clears throat> of different times with various effects uh, of various color. All this is hinted in the Holy Quran, but detailed studies are, uh, uh, are desperately needed. I hope that, inshallah, Ahmadi researchers will focus on honey and perform very detailed studies on them do not leave this research to non-Muslims. It is a strange injustice that the teaching is given to the Holy Quran and those acting on it are non-Muslims. This is actually a very, very uh, interesting point that uh, the fourth caliph of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community on whom the peace has mentioned that this is actually our heritage as Muslims, the followers of Islam and Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam, and it is our job to do uh, research and um, to delve into this. It is uh, not the heritage of anybody else. It, how can it be just if somebody else is doing the research and God has given this teaching of the Holy Quran uh, to us? Dear listeners, we have reached the end of today's breakfast show. Uh, thank you to all our listeners for tuning in and our experts for taking out uh, time to discuss um, Brother Edward uh, Kaleem uh, the production team, the tech team the guests uh, and uh, listeners and um, Brother Hashim Brother Asim Mahashmi, my co-presenter um, Inshallah we will see you again soon uh, till then uh, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh